Welcome to Mariners Podcast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJR20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. On today's episode, we are going to talk a little bit about the upcoming series that the Mariners are playing in Atlanta against the Braves, uh, preview the pitchers, talk a little bit about where the Mariners stand. We're pretty much at the quarter pole, uh, 27% through the season, and assess a little bit about, or a little bit of uh, what Julio's up to and where we think he can improve. So the Mariners, after 43 games, are 21 and 22. Uh, the Mariners are 5-5 five and five in the last 10 uh, five games out of first place in the AL West and three games out of the wild card spot. Honestly, that's not insurmountable. We expected the Mariners to be uh, playing a little bit better at this point in the season, but five games out of first and three games out of the playoffs is is something that is very doable, especially considering how poorly the offense has performed up to this point in time. I put together some rankings of the Mariners offense uh, compared to the other American League teams. And it's pretty astounding to see just how underperforming this offense has been up to this point in time. The Mariners are 11th in home runs, 9th in runs, uh, third or 11th in steals. Interestingly, the Mariners are uh, third in walks with a 9.1% walk rate. To me, that says that they're still trying to live by the uh, control the zone mantra. And uh, I, I like that. I think that obviously getting on base is how you score runs. I'm a product of the Moneyball era. Uh, and so I think that's a sign of, of positive things to come. The Mariners are 15th uh, at the bottom in Ks at 25.5%, 15th in average at the bottom with a 227 average, 11th in on base percentage at 308. 12th in slugging at 378 and 10th in WRC plus, which is uh, a weighted runs created plus. It's a metric that measures uh, basically your your offensive output versus league average. And the Mariners WRC plus as a team currently is 96, which means that the average or the team on whole is 4% less effective or less good than the average team um, in baseball. So what do I take from all this? Mariners are getting on base. Mariners strike out too much. Um, and we're not really uh, hitting for any sort of power or uh, damage. And I think that this is indicative of the slumps that we've seen from Julio and Teo. It is a product of uh, Jerry DePoto not really improving the offense in the way that I think a lot of us thought he should. Uh, we got, obviously, uh, very good production from Jared Kelnick up to this point. Cal Raleigh has played very well up to this point. Uh, Ty France has been Ty France up to this point. J.P. Crawford, same thing. So in many ways, we're getting what we paid for. And uh, with the exception of second base and Colton Wong, 
this is pretty much what we should have expected coming into the season. I have no doubts that Julio and Teo are going to turn it around. That obviously will boost um, our our power output and the damage that we can do to opposing pitching. But as of right now, it given that we did not sign a big offensive bat uh, in the offseason and that Teo Hernandez was basically our big uh, acquisition, and he is, while he's one who hits the ball hard and does damage, he's not a great all-around hitter. And the fact that he doesn't walk much and strikes out quite a bit uh, meant that we were going to have some peaks and valleys with him. So Mariners offense, um, we'll dig into Julio in a, in a few minutes, but offense has some room to grow, but maybe not have the ceiling that many thought they did. Pitching. Pitching's been great. Fourth in ERA in the American League, 3.55 ERA. Uh, XFIP, which is the expected field uh, fielder independent pitching, is second at 3.86. What XFIP is, is basically um, when you take away uh, luck plays for the pitcher, meaning batted balls, and you just talk about uh, strikeouts, walks, and home runs for the most part. That's a bit oversimplified version, but XFIP is a good way to judge just how effectively you're pitching. Mariners are second in the American League, second in walk rate, uh, second lowest, 7.2%, seventh in strikeouts, ninth in swinging strike, second in ground ball rate at 45.3%, which is pretty high, <clears throat> and 10th in left on base percentage at 69.8%. Mariners fill up the zone. Mariners don't are pitching to contact with good stuff, specifically from Luis Castillo, George Kirby, and Logan Gilbert. Uh, Mariners don't have a lot of wild pitchers, obviously, in that we're not we're only walking 7.2%. So the pitching has been great. I think any semblance of a decent offense coupled with this pitching will put us in the playoffs. But as of now, we're we're kind of squirreling away or or sorry, frittering frittering away great pitching uh, because the offense hasn't produced. Individually speaking. Uh, our leaders in average are Jared Kelnick at 282 and Ty France at 273. Uh, Julio's triple slash is ugly. 211, 278, and an OPS of 664. To say that Julio, to say that we were expecting Julio to finish with an OPS close to 900 is neither unrealistic nor crazy. Uh, I, for one, am pretty surprised that he has struggled out of the gates as he has. I don't think that the Mariners should be tweaking anything with his approach necessarily. He's too talented for that. I spoke on the last episode about how Julio is like a Ronald Acuna or a Juan Soto or any of the most elite hitters in that no matter what you see with their numbers, they're not the kind of players you want to tinker with. So I believe Julio will come out of it. I believe Julio will finish with a uh, an OPS above 850. And uh, this last series in, in Detroit, we saw that he's starting to come out of it. But 664 is still ugly. Uh, on-base percentage, leader Mariners leader in on-base percentage is J.P. Crawford at 367. I spoke last episode about why I think J.P., uh, is a great leadoff hitter, specifically against right-handed pitchers for the Mariners. We have one hitter above 800 in OPS, and that's Jared Kelnick at 870. 
Uh, Cal Raleigh is next to 792. Without Kelnick, the offense would have been sunk, right? He's our leader in average. He's our leader in OPS. And then home runs, Tail has eight, Kelnick has eight, and then Cal and Julio are tied at seven. That's a middling offense. And to see those names being J.P. Crawford, Jared Kelnick, Ty France at the top of uh, the leaderboard, and it not be Julio Rodriguez or Taylor Scar Hernandez is disappointing, to say the least. Uh, Pitching-wise, you know, we, George Kirby, Luis Castillo, and Logan Gilbert have been pretty lights out. Um, I'm not going to get dig too deep into their uh, statistics other than all three have a whip between 101 and 1.05, which is elite. Anything below 1.1, Whip is uh, essentially runners allowed on base per inning and hits uh, walks. And a whip below 1.10 is considered elite. Uh, You do see pitchers go below one sometimes, but the fact that the Mariners have three pitchers 1.05 or below uh, speaks to the talent and the performance thus far uh, this season. A couple of interesting statistics that I found with the pitchers, George Kirby's only walking 2% of the batters faced. That's an unheard of um, ludicrously low uh, number. His control has been absolutely pinpoint. I think he almost throws too many strikes and uh, surrenders hits because uh, batters are so comfortable. It's a comfortable at bat, despite the fact that they're not succeeding against Kirby. It's still a comfortable at bat because you know, he's going to fill up the strike zone. Uh, one other interesting stat with Kirby is that his swinging strike rate is only 8.5%, which is pretty poor, uh, meaning he's not getting a ton of swing and miss, uh, which is why his strikeout rate is is 20.3%, which is lower than what you would expect from a pitcher who has a 2.45 ERA and a 1.01 whip. The other interesting number I found with these three is that Logan Gilbert has the highest K rate at 29.5%, which is elite. Uh, anything over 30% is, you know, starting to talk about, uh, Max Scherzer, uh, Spencer Strider, the, the biggest and best strikeout pitchers in the major leagues. So Logan Gilbert has really changed his repertoire a bit, um, with the splitter that he's been throwing. He hasn't thrown it much, but it's been an effective pitch and it's in the minds of hitters and the fastball is just phenomenal. Uh, so I was very surprised with Gilbert. I did not dig too much into Marco Gonzalez. We all know that he's been uh, pitched very poorly up to uh, this point in time. I think that it's time for the Mariners to think about alternatives. Uh, And, you know, Brian Wu is one who's a pitcher in double A currently. Mariners have some other more middling starting prospects in uh, Tyler Dollard and um, Emerson Hancock. Don't hate me, those who love the Hancock pick at six um, when he was picked in the first round, but he's not uh, an elite starter. He'd be a, a four or five at best. But we have to do something. The Mariners have to do something about that number five spot. Uh, Bryce Miller, who, you know, granted it's only been 19 innings, but 2-0 and with an 0.47 ERA and a 0.42 whip is – even if he regresses a ton, we're still looking at a top four of <clears throat> Kirby, Castillo, Gilbert, and Miller that should be dominant. 
And uh, but we do need a fifth starter. The Mariners do need a fifth starter uh, for the rest of the season. So doing something about Marco is is imperative, in my opinion, for the Mariners to uh, to reach the playoffs this season. I dug into Julio a bit to try to figure out kind of what's what's wrong, right? He's not producing nearly to the level that we expected. He's essentially an average hitter currently. And what we were expecting out of Julio, realistic or not, was an MVP season. As I dug deeper, a little bit under the hood, his average exit velocity, meaning the average with which he, the average force with which he hits the ball or miles per hour off the bat is in the 85th percentile in all of Major League Baseball, which is great. His max exit velocity or the hardest he's hit the ball this year is in the 98th percentile in all of baseball. His hard hit rate is in the 81st. His barrel rate is in the 71st. All of those are phenomenal, right? He's obviously he's hitting the ball hard. Obviously he's hitting the ball essentially in the right spots. Where are the warts? So his K rate is in the 16th percentile, meaning he's striking out. Um, more than 84% of the uh, batters in the major leagues. His walk rate is in the 38th. That's not bad. It's about where I would expect it from him, considering he's a, a pretty free swinger. His whiff rate is in the 20th percentile, meaning there's a lot of swing and miss currently. His chase rate is in the 15th. Uh, you know, if there's something that we can be very critical of Julio, it is the fact that he chases balls out of the strike zone way too often. I think this is a product of the fact that he hits the ball so hard so often. But if he is able to chase less and hunt pitches that are more in the zone, I believe Julio will take that next step. And then finally, his uh, speed, his sprint speed is in the 97th percentile. So only 3% of the Major League Baseball is faster than Julio Rodriguez. What does all this mean? Julio's hit 200 against the fastball with the 313 slug so far this season, about a quarter of the way through the season. And while I'm not a huge believer in the uh, baseball savant or Major League Baseball expected statistics, they do provide uh, some context for what's going on. And Julio's XBA or expected batting average is 266 against the fastball. What that says is that Julio Rodriguez has been extremely unlucky in where he's hit the ball uh, thus far this season. So a batting average against the fastball of 200 versus an expected batting average of 266 is a huge, huge, huge jump. Julio's hitting 211. And if you added 66 points to that 211, as the XBA says we should, at least against the fastball, he's hitting 270. Right. He's not facing exclusively fastballs, but the point is that his average is much lower than um, expected. And then versus breaking balls, he's hitting 219 with a 452 slug. And his expected batting average against the breaking ball is 265. Expected slug is 518. So basically, he's hitting the ball hard. And if he had average luck against the fastball and breaking ball, He'd be hitting 265 with about a 500 slug, or I guess maybe a 460 slug. While you want the slugging to be better, he's that's a pretty darn good 
um, start. And so I don't know that Julio Rodriguez is playing or hitting poorly as much as he's had a lot of bad luck thus far. A couple other stats on Julio. He's hitting fewer ground balls this season, 41% versus his 46.3% ground ball rate last year. That's a good sign. Julio Rodriguez is someone we want to elevate the ball. We want him to hit home runs. And he has started to elevate the ball quite a bit more. The one negative with Julio is that he is uh, pulling the ball less and it is known that it's easier to hit home runs. You are more effective as a home run hitter if you pull the ball in the air. And his pull rate this season is 31.6% versus last year, which was 39.2. And then finally, his uh, opposite field percentage or the percentage of time he hits the ball to right field is 33.3%. So a third of the time Julio's hitting the ball to right field or right center versus 23.2% last year. So I believe that the fact that he's hitting the ball to right field is part of the reason why his expected batting average is not as high given the quality of contact that we've seen thus far. What this says to me overall is that essentially there's nothing to worry about. He's gotten unlucky. He's still hitting the ball very hard. And it's just a matter of time be before those balls start to drop or those balls start to go over the fence versus uh, landing in the mitt of the right fielder and the center fielder. So that's Julio. What do I expect rest of the season? I think he ends up a 30 home run hitter. He ends up hitting somewhere between 260 and 270. Uh, if he's going to continue to be in the third hole, I think we can expect 100 uh, RBIs. I hope he continues to run specifically for uh, fantasy purposes. But uh, as we saw last season, the Mariners may ease, ease up on his uh, stolen base attempts as the season wears on trying to protect his health. And I think he's going to be uh, essentially not this, not an MVP candidate this year because of his start, but we will be talking about him as an MVP candidate next off season. So that's my Julio deep dive. Again, I don't have, any worries about Julio at all? Um, the people who, you know, I've saw, seen some people on Twitter, you know, ask that he, I've even seen people say he should be sent down. And this is just one of those cases of a, of a hitter who's been a bit unlucky thus far and uh, ha does have some things to improve, but he's young, right? Early 20s hitter and an early 20s hitter with this kind of talent typically does chase too much, typically does have things in his approach that he can tweak. I don't think he needs to overhaul anything about his approach or his swing. He just needs to keep working at it and keep grinding. So uh, that's my Julio deep dive. And uh, I, again, I am not worrying about Julio at all. So this weekend series against, against Atlanta is going to be a lot of fun. Atlanta has been a top tier organization for the last decade or so. Uh, they've gone through some transition Dansby Swanson signed with the Cubs this season on a seven-year contract as a free agent. Uh, so they've replaced Dansby at short with a number of folks. Um, the, the Braves just churn talent, right? Uh, Michael Harris came up last season as a, you know, he was considered a top 50 prospect, but not necessarily a top 20 prospect when he came up to the major leagues. And he absolutely raked. Uh, Spencer Strider was in the bullpen to begin the season. They 
expected him to be, you know, because he is essentially a two-pitch pitcher or a fastball slider pitcher, many expected him to remain in the bullpen. Spencer Strider now is a top five starter in the major leagues. So Atlanta has been a talent factory for a long, long time now. I did put some of the the team numbers, uh, compare the team numbers between the Mariners and the Braves. The Mariners are 15th in the major leagues in runs. So far this season, the Braves are 6th. Mariners are 29th in average. Braves 10th. Mariners 25th in on base percentage. Braves 4th. Mariners 27th in OPS. Braves 2nd. Now, some of that is certainly park context. The Braves play in a smaller park in a park that's easier to hit. The Braves also play in the South where it's warmer. It's known that it's easier to hit uh, when it's, when the temperature goes up. They also, the Mariners also play in a park where uh, the air is incredibly dense and the ball doesn't carry. So there is some park context to those rankings, but it, not enough to uh, to create the dif- the differential between the two teams. The Braves certainly have a much better offense than the Mariners do as of right now. Uh, ERA, both teams are tied at fourth in the major leagues. Strikeouts, the Mariners are 12th and the Braves are fifth. And then whip, the Mariners are fourth and the Braves are tied for 11th. So with the Braves, you have high strikeout, a little higher whip, probably a little less in the zone. The Mariners obviously have a pitching staff of pitchers who try to fill up the zone with quality strikes, which is why you see the whip much, much lower, but the K's much higher or the K's much lower as well. Pitching matchups today is going to be phenomenal. I'm uh, super excited for today's matchup. It's Bryce Miller against Bryce Elder. Uh, Bryce Elder is a sinker baller, not a premium prospect when he came up, uh, but has proven to be uh, quite a pitcher so far this season. 3-0 with a 1.94 ERA thus far in 46 and a third innings with a 1.12 whip. <clears throat> he is right-handed. I do think we see Julio in, in the three and Kelnick in the four with JP at the top. Uh, that seems to be the best mix for the Mariners. And then Bryce Miller, what else can be said? We talked about him in previous pods. 2-0, 0.47 ERA. Um, can't wait to see his start. He's absolutely must-see TV. Uh, and this is, I think, probably the best test as far as an offense goes that Bryce Miller will see or has seen thus far uh, this season and in his short major league career. Saturday, Logan Gilbert goes for the Mariners against, uh, currently it reads TBD. What I believe is um, Dennis Dodd, who is a left-handed starter, throws mid-90s. Again, not a premium prospect, but uh, back of the rotation prospect for the Braves. I believe Dodd will be the starter. Uh, This will be his slot to start if he was in the major leagues. He's been up and down for the Braves thus far this season. But his last start um, in AAA was uh, six days ago. So five days of rest, or I believe five days of rest, and then starting Saturday would make sense for Dodd from a timing standpoint. In the major leagues, on that same day, the Braves started Colin McHugh, who is one of their middle relievers. So it could also be a bullpen day if that's what they decide. But Logan will be going for the Mariners. Uh, Expect more of the same from him, filling up the zone with fastballs. 
And then Sunday is George Kirby against TBD, but the TBD is Charlie Morton's slot. Charlie Morton is a, I believe he's almost 40 years old, and he has been a number two starter in the majors for the past 10, 12 years. Uh, tons of strikeouts. He's not quite the same strikeout pitcher that he once was. One of the most drastic uh, big movement curveballs in the major leagues. And just a, a you know, really awesome middle middle of the rotation starter and he's right-handed so the Mariners will roll out what I believe is is um their best lineup with uh JP at the top but that's going to be the matchups for uh this series against the Braves I again I'm super excited I love I'm an unabashed Ronald Acuña fan Acuna this season has 11 home runs, 18 steals, a 345 average, and a 1.050 OPS. He is the National League MVP as of right now. Um, there was worry about, little worry about, you know, if his injury two years ago was going to impact his explosiveness, and it's pretty clear to me that it hasn't. Ozzy Albies has 10 home runs. He's their second baseman. He played very little last year with an injury. Ozzy Albies, interestingly, is a much better hitter against uh, left-handed pitchers than he is against righties. He's a switch hitter. So the Mariners will get the less great version of Albies, um, but he's still a very effective hitter, 810 OPS at second base. Austin Riley has not played hit well this season thus far, but could certainly break out. He was a, I believe a top five uh, MVP in the MVP voting last season. And then Matt Olson has 11 home runs, former Oakland A's first baseman, and Sean Murphy has probably been the best offensive catcher in the major leagues this season with the 975 OPS and 10 home runs. Um, acquiring Murphy from the A's in the three-team deal with the Brewers, uh, the A's and the Braves was uh, quite the coup for uh, the Atlanta Braves. So the Braves bullpen is very good. Rysel Iglesias is their closer. A.J. Minter is a left-handed reliever that has pitched very poorly this season but has been you could make the case that he was the best left-handed reliever in baseball uh the previous two years Colin McHugh is their middle reliever Nick Anderson the former closer for the Tampa Bay Rays um is a right-handed middleman and then Jesse Chavez the uh journeyman reliever has pitched very well for them as well so the Braves are a very well-rounded team the Braves and the Mariners, I think, stack up very uh, closely. Despite the Mariners underperforming offensively so far this season, I think you can go player for player and compare the two teams quite a bit. I like the Mariners pitching a little bit more. I like the Braves hitting a little bit more. But it should be an absolute blast to watch this series uh, coming up. And I will be plopped in front of my TV on the couch watching these three games. Super excited for them. So, Mariners fans, get pumped. Enjoy the series. It's one of the uh, results of a more balanced schedule and us being able to see every team every year, which I've wrapped my arms around and have embraced. Uh, Braves are going to be fun. Let's do this. Super, super, super excited. Thanks, you guys. I'll be back soon. Thanks for listening to the Mariners podcast with Sports Ethos. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. Uh, we'll come back to recap this series on Monday along with uh, talking about the upcoming week. 
Take care, you guys.